0: LOI match day on off the ball
1: On Friday night, a couple of big games but the biggest, I think, of this round um, apart from Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers, was Bohemians against Shelburne a North Dublin derby It was won by Bohemians, a goal to nil and that goal scored by Johnny Afalabi his fifth goal in five games and his manager is on the line waiting to speak to us now Declan Devine, welcome to the show
2: Hiya Stephen, thanks very much for having me
1: Declan, was that the best 90 minute performance you've seen from your team this season?
2: I think we've we started the game really well Stephen there was no doubt about that, that we, it was something we were looking for on the back of the, the league performance a week before uh where we felt we, we took about a bit of time to get going but um no I think we've been very good this year and long for long periods of, of, of games uh Friday was a real test mentally of us because obviously the game had we had played them a week before and uh, and we had to come from behind so it was really important that we got a foothold in the game and And thankfully, in the opening period, we were able to do that and really put Shelburne on the back foot. And, you know, the way the game evolved then, just with subs and the intensity and us not taking the chances we had. We probably should have had the game put to bed a bit earlier, but delighted to get through and uh, sent our fans all the way home happy as well as ourselves.
1: Yeah, because that was a daunting draw, um, this side. So that's four meetings with Shelburne this season. You've both won one and there's been two draws. But you, you know how hard it is to get past this Damien Duff-managed team. He's got his team coached really well. They all know their jobs. Very few you get very few chances in and around the box because they defend so well. So it must give you a, a huge sense of confidence in the squad as well going into the next round having beaten
2: such a good quality side. Yeah, it was obviously a very tough draw. It's not what you expect in in the first round, but you know, thankfully we were at home. You know, players had a wee point to prove, and uh, and our player, our players have been magnificent. We're so happy with it. It's such a new group, and you know, we're 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 learning about each other every single day, and we're getting better. I feel, and you know, I think it was a good test of character on Friday. And as I, as I say, look, that's three games on the spin now at home. We came from two 0 down against Shamrock Rovers. Uh, three games ago um, we came from 2-1 down against to 1-3-2 and then obviously beat Shells at home so our home form over the last three games has been very good and that's something we want to continue right throughout the season because when when Mount Park is rocking and the players are performing and there's that relationship between players and fans that's a special place
1: I think many people might have doubted Johnny Afalabi coming back last year he didn't really break into the team for Bohemians um, you've come in then and he maybe got off to a slow start on the goals front but he's been putting in magnificent performances he's got uh, he's got a bit of everything he's very tactically aware he's got a good way of reading the game he's able to muscle players off the ball he's able to shield the ball hold it up but he's now got 5-5 five five. that's a really good return for him now
2: yeah, his last three goals been left foot, right foot and header, um, but no, John's been, he's been, I I, I was never concerned and the staff were never concerned about goals coming because we see him on a daily basis, we know what he brings, he's, he's so intimidating to play against, but he also, he also gives us that threat, not also just linking the play and, and being able to build around him, but he's now added that penetration and his runs behind and. You know, if a, a team plays high against him, he can be a threat right on behind. But if they play deep, as we've seen maybe with the Shamrock Rovers goal go where the ball broke down from 20 yards, um, it was uh, another brilliant finish. But real harmful. Um, I'm sure John would also say the service he's been getting. He played with Akin Tundi and Dylan Connolly on Friday night, and James Clark just tucked down behind him. So it was a, it was a very attacking four. And he'll be the first to tell you as well the service that he's been getting recently has been a, of a of a high level
1: one man who's been helping with that uh, young James McManus um, still a young player as I say um this guy has been linked with the move to England over the last couple of weeks. There's talk that Bose could get a sizable transfer, uh, You know, I suppose, um, in comparison with some of the fees we see Irish players going across the water for. I'm sure you'd love to keep hold of him for this season, next season, whatever he is. He has got a contract for three years, I think it is. He's probably in the first of those three years. But um, this guy, what kind of potential do you think he has, Declan?
2: I think a sky's the limit, Stephen, to be honest. And I know it's a very a cliche, but the kid just takes everything in his trade, his temperament, his quality, his ability to play minimal touches and and his reading of the game. It's it's sensational. We
1: might be losing you a bit there, Declan on the phone. I'm not sure if you're you're moving around there. Yeah. Can
2: you hear me? Now? Is that any better? Perfect. Um so no, his potentials his potential's through the roof, Stephen. His uh his technical ability, his ability to read games. You know, he's he's just a pleasure to work with, and as I say, his temperament—he just goes about his job in a in a lovely way. And you know, you know yourself when there's a special talent on your hands when the senior players are absolutely drilling about him on a daily basis. And you know, he's keeping a lot of experienced players out of the team. He's not there just just to make up the numbers. He's he's on a merit and. His ability to play on the half turn, he he picks forward passes. He doesn't take safe options, and and his ability to play one on two touch and and see the pass, it's something that you know it's it's it, it lifts your spirit on a daily basis when we watch him perform, and and nothing phases him. As I say, he could go on and play against any team in the country on any type of occasion with as many people at the game, and it just it just doesn't phase him. And I think you know we're very lucky to have him at the moment. Hopefully, we have him for a, a long long time but he's certainly a, a kid with an outstanding future and and if he keeps going the way he's going then then this guy's definitely the limit for him Just to keep,
1: give people an update we've got a second goal here for Kilkenny at Crow Park in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final so after 42 minutes Kilkenny 2-10 Limerick 11 points and the goal has been scored well I'll just give you an update Had on that in a moment but um, 2.10 to Kilkenny 11 points to Limerick uh, Declan Devine just to ask you as well um, about listen it would be remiss of me not to mention this because it has been highlighted on social media and I know a couple of spokespeople for the club have spoken out about it there was an incident of objects being thrown on the pitch um, from the stand at Dalymount Park towards the Shelbourne manager Damien Duff um, the club have criticised supporters who engaged in that kind of behaviour um, I, I must ask you about that yourself
2: now, I haven't seen the incident but it, if, if that has been the case it's certainly something that's not welcome our fans have been outstanding this year they've travelled in huge numbers all throughout the country and Selling out every home game, but you know that's something as a club we we don't want to see, and and hopefully the fans will make sure that doesn't happen again. Because if that's if that's something that's happening at Tillymoyne, it's 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 just not acceptable. And as I say, there's a lot of people that behave themselves impeccably and have done right throughout the course of the season, and we can't have one or two bringing the standards down. Because as I say, our fans and the support they've given. Uh, in, in terms of travelling the country has been outstanding and it's it's not something we only see Stephen
1: Just to go back then to the football Declan and the league uh, there, there was a bit of a dip there for a while after a sensational start by your team uh, what's the hopes now because you obviously want to have a good cup run but you don't want to be kind of nail your colours to that mast, you know, I suppose, and relying to qualify for European football next season. Is the aim to finish in that top three guarantee your path to Europe in that way? And do you think it is achievable at this stage?
2: I think we, we we've done it all season and I'm sorry for 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 again again going with a cliche our our most important games are next game we play UCD in one of our games in hand off the the four teams that are competing have competed in Europe so it's important that that game takes precedence we we won't look past that we'll see we'll see how we go in that game but um, as I say, UCD is the key one. If we can win that game at home on Friday night, we put ourselves back on the pack again in terms of the points and, and how close we would be to the, the guys at first, second and third. So that is the goal, is to try and win our, our next game and, and see where it takes us. As I say, Stephen, it's been a it's been an eventful turnover of players from from when I came on really at the end of October. Um, we've turned over a lot of players, a lot went out, a lot came on. But the harmony and the togetherness within the club and within the, the, the staff and players is is something at the moment that if we continue to go in that way, that, then the sky's the limit for this group. Um I'm not saying it's going to be today or tomorrow, but I think there's a lot of growing. I think we have a lot of potential. I think we have a lot of good players. Um, and as I say, we just want to go week to week and see where it takes us. But certainly Europe is a goal that we all want. Um, it's very difficult when you're sitting Last week, for instance, and you're watching all the teams participate in the European and the European games, and it's something I feel that as a football club, Bohemians football club, should be should be striving for on a on a regular occurrence.
1: The draws on Tuesday, Declan we've seen a few big sides tumble out already. League sides Sligo Rovers, Cove Ramblers, gone. Of course, Shelburne. Uh, we're going to see either Dundalk or Shamrock Rovers go out this evening. Uh, I'm sure you'd be happy on Tuesday with a, a non-league club coming out of the hat alongside Bohemians.
2: <laughs> Listen, we we, if we get a home fixture, we would be delighted. But like, there's no guarantees. There's absolutely zero guarantees in this cup. Um, and I think two first division clubs got the semi final last year, and that's that's the reality of it. You know, um, you could be drawn against anyone. We're just delighted that we got through what was a a huge game, a, a massive game against last year's finalists, against one of our big rivals. So. Whatever's thrown our way, we'll just dust ourselves down and get ready for it. But there's a lot of football to be played in the cup yet and a lot of a lot of twists and turns. Well,
1: Declan Devine, manager of Bohemians, congratulations on your win Friday night. Thanks a million for joining us here on Off the Ball. And we'll hopefully talk to you soon.
2: Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Anytime.
1: Well, Sean McGrath, Kerry midfielder. It's uh, great to speak to you on the podcast this week. Um, actually, just to clarify, it's attacking midfielder. That's your main position?
3: And attacking midfielder probably be my number one position. Yeah, I could probably do a job on the wings as well, but no, I prefer it more centrally. all right? number
1: ten role is it?
3: Number ten role,
1: yeah, yeah. Any kind of players you would have uh, admired maybe as you were growing up, and you you kind of thought, yeah, that's how I'd like to play football.
3: I suppose um, my two favourite players obviously be Ronaldo or Messi. Like, but even in in this league, I like how uh, Jack Bourne plays as well. You know, I think he's mm-hmm. an unbelievable player and just um, no, I really like the way he plays as well.
1: Yeah, he's incredible. What What is it about Jack's game you think uh, makes him so good?
3: Just his touch, his vision, everything. You know, he's always quality on the ball, even that, and his numbers as well are decent, you know, to be fair to him for an attacking midfielder, like,
1: yeah, 100%. Listen, winning the Cup at the weekend against Ringman Rangers and I spoke to one of their players last week ahead of the game and I think they fancied a bit of an upset, Sean, um, I suppose, against a Kerry team that's still growing. Was that a bit of a nervy game uh, because you were kind of worried about getting beat by an on league side?
3: Yeah, no, look, I I was stressing to the boys all week that it was going to be a tough game. I, I'd know a few of the Ringman boys that I would have played with or trained with from... Fast clubs, like, and I was telling the boys that these won't be a pushover at all, you know. And we probably did start off nervy enough the first 15, 20 minutes when Ring Mahan did put us under a bit of pressure. They, I think they hit the bar early on, but I think, but after that little spell in the first half, I think we just kind of uh, took the shackles off or whatever and we just grew into the game then. Um, but no, it was a nervy enough, start because to be fair, to Ring they're, they're a decent side with a lot of ex League Ireland players.
1: Yeah, Gerard Morrissey, one of those. Did you get to see him up close?
3: Yeah, Carol Morrissey. I've actually trained with him from my time at Cork City. And uh, uh, Corey Galvin's brother, Evan Galvin, as well. And there was a couple of other boys in no, There's some decent players in that team.
1: Yeah, because um, you're underage... Uh, progress was uh, quite odd because well I wouldn't say odd but the fact that you you spent your, your time at a few different underage setups you were Kerry first then Cork City then to Limerick um, do you think that was a help or did that maybe affect your progress as a, as a player
3: yeah I think um, I probably didn't settle for a long time um, when I started off I was at the very first year the under 15s with Kerry and um, at that time when I was under 15s Kerry had no Nineteen, so I just kind of wanted to be at a place where there was, you know, uh, there was a first team that time because there was no no first team at Kerry, just a place where I could progress at the same club all the way through, kind of. But I moved to Limerick, and I probably didn't know the financial difficulties that they were in. And then I moved to Cork, and to be fair, no Cork was good grounded for me, but Kerry was always progressing. And, and um, the minute they got the senior club, I was always delighted to come back, you know.
1: Yeah, and look, Cork City, we all know how good the setup is there for for academy players. Was uh, Colin Healy actually still in charge of the academy when you were there?
3: Yeah, Colin Healy was the head of the academy when I joined. I joined in the 2019 season, so my last year of under-17s. And uh, Healers ended up getting the first team job then, and Liam Carney took the head of the academy then
1: yeah and like under Colin Healy, was it did you have much I suppose face-to-face interaction with him when you were when you were coaching that kind of stuff?
3: Yeah, to be Colin was my manager in my first year of nineteens as well, so know I know Colin quite well. um he's managed me for a bit, so yeah, that was good as well to learn from someone like him.
1: Yeah, he was a, a super player in his day and he's proved to be a brilliant coach. Maybe, unfortunately, what happened to him at Cork City, but it would be great to see him getting back in involved in maybe coaching academy players again.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, well, listen, um, just you signed in for Cove Ramblers last year. That was your first pro contract. Um, how did that year go for you and, and how has that helped you maybe get to where you are now?
3: Yeah, no, to be fair, it was, it was a really enjoyable year at Cove. I was probably, I was... 19 When I signed for them, I was probably at the age where I needed to be playing as much senior games as possible. And i uh, joined Cove and I've probably started off like some of the four young boys have here so far this year, kind of in and out at the start, no real kind of rhythm. But I think I found my feet then, probably in the second half of the season, and I ended up getting 16, 17 starts and like nearly 30 appearances. So it was a really positive year. And, um, you know, for my first year in Senior League of Ireland, which was key to, you know, help me develop more quicker and whatever, you know, getting used to the level.
1: Yeah, because it's one thing playing the games at underage level and playing against lads of your own age. Um, what was that like then all of a sudden you're thrown in to be playing senior men's football? It's, it's pretty daunting, I'd say, at the start.
3: Yeah, even, you know, uh, probably a big thing as well is you're playing in front of crowds you now <laughs> and you're playing in front of... Um, you know where you're playing against people where results do matter in the academy. You know, they try to make it as competitive as possible, but the results aren't so you know, they aren't a big factor really. But in seniors, you know, results are huge. And even that year, last year, there was three full time teams like Galway, Waterford, and Cork City in the first division, and playing against them teams on a weekly basis in their stadiums you know with two or three thousand that's a, a big difference to playing on a Sunday two o'clock with the 19s you know
1: yeah absolutely um, so how did the, the move to Kerry then come about was it Billy Denny kind of had you was he keeping an eye on you or how did he approach you how did that all come about
3: yeah as far I would have known Billy kind of you know we would have kind of known each other but not on the personal level you know just from playing in the league Uh when I was at Cork and he was obviously over Kerry or whatever but um, I suppose he must have been keeping an eye on whatever and just wanted to kind of recruit local players as well that have probably had a small bit of experience at League of Ireland level so no I was more than happy to come in when he made contact
1: Yeah and how did he sell the club to you what was his vision do you think uh, that kind of made you think yeah this is a good move
3: literally everything that's happened he said would happen that time when I first came in in December you know he said that the reaction from Kerry would be unbelievable you know the support like he said that when no one people probably thought he was mad when he was saying it but everything he said has actually come true you know and we've been helped so much like by the support and the training is unbelievable you know there's a big push for players to develop outside of the contact time we have in the club as well, which is huge for young players. You know, there's um, everyone supporting each other to get better on and off the pitch as well. So um, he really sold the club to me that way.
1: Brilliant. And, you know, even though you only had a year of senior football under your belt, you're only 20 years of age. You're probably one of the most experienced players in that squad, are you?
3: Yeah, I suppose me and Maddie Keane at the start were probably, the only two players and well Caelan and Guts that were there to start. Obviously, Shane Guthrie has massive experience in the league, but we were kind of the three or four more experienced players, which was mad because I'd only played 30 <laughs> games and only had 16 or 17 starts, and I'm only 20. <laughs> so, you know, kind of being more experienced with fellas that are the same age as me, which is kind of a weird one, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, how has it been as a challenge playing for, for such a young club? Because I... Listen, I think most people would agree that when you're when you're starting out as a as a senior club in the League of Ireland for the first season, there's going to be a lot of negative results. So, what is it like week by week, just trying to you know keep your motivation up, keep your heads up for every game that you go in and play?
3: Yeah, I suppose the results have been difficult. Look, um, everyone wants to win, especially at senior. You know, results are massive, but I've never felt from anyone or any of the players, you know, that negative like or not motivated we're all so young that every week we we'll come in we're motivated just to get better and improve all the time but there's been no re- even you know when we've had tough defeats like up in Galway and at home to Waterford and stuff we've come in the Monday and there's been no nobody going through the motions there's been no half-hearted stuff in training we're still fully motivated which is unbelievable to be fair because we're so young I think that's what young squad is so beneficial for as well you know what I mean
1: yeah and then just as a as a, a local as a Kerry man as a Kerry native um, how important is it for you for this club to be successful because I suppose the county is always going to be dominated by Gaelic football and even hurling to an extent now with the, the senior hurlers improving but how important is it for you because there's a big soccer following in, Kerry. I know people from Kerry, myself, and soccer is their, their big love. So how important is it for you for, that, for this project to be a success?
3: Yeah, no, it means an awful lot to me. I probably never had that feeling as well, you know, for playing for my own club, my hometown club. I was always kind of an outsider when I was at, well, not really an out, but, you know, um, I, it didn't mean as much to me as it did from lads from Cork or from Cove to play for Cork or Cove, although it did, I did want to do really well for the club. But it's, you know, it's a different feeling when you're playing for Kerry. You just have that extra 1% in you when you know that your friends, and family, everyone that's connected to you is in the stand watching, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. I think there's been a few of the, the big Gaelic football stars down watching you guys playing as well.
3: Yeah, I think David Clifford was at the first game and uh, Darren O'Sullivan was at one or two games as well. So it's unbelievable to see as well. You know, everyone is drawn in the same direction. Like.
1: Yeah, that's great. Oh, Darren O'Sullivan loves his football. All right, great lad. Um, Just to, to ask you then about Finn Harps. That's the big game coming up this week. You got a goal against them actually in the 1-1 in the draw earlier in the season.
3: Yeah, first goal of the season for Kerry was uh, against Finn Harps actually. and We've drawn both games against them. So no, hopefully no we can uh, keep that sack going and go one better and get the win, hopefully.
1: Yeah, what was that like scoring that goal?
3: Oh, unbelievable, to be fair. I, all my goals this year as well have come at home, which is a bit of a weird one. <laughs> so, you no know, um, the reaction, I think we had a full house that night as well and the reaction was unbelievable, to be fair. It's a different type of feeling, especially, you know, being from Kerry as well. Did you have a
1: celebration ready to go, or was it kind of... um... what am I nah, going to do here?
3: <laughs> straight off the top, ran for the camera. <laughs> just too much motion, really. Yeah.
1: <laughs> good stuff. Well, listen, um, and just to ask you as well because it, it is a big game. It's an important game against Finn Harps. So uh, you know, a long way to travel. But um, how important is it then to take the the good vibes and the and the positivity from the game against Ringman Rangers last week and use that uh, for this game?
3: Yeah, that's massive, especially going into the game, um, even though we didn't perform as well as we could against Ringman, you know, and it's, even in the at-long game, that's two games we haven't performed really well where we've won, Um, but no, it's important to bring that through to the Finn Harps game and start well again, you know, don't give us a mountain to climb early on and uh, just roll into the game from there and see what happens, but keep the vibes good and you know, everyone is always positive anyway so that's you know, I don't think that would be a problem for us
1: Brilliant stuff well listen Sean McGrath thanks a million for joining us on the podcast this week hope the match goes well for you this weekend and best of luck for the rest of the season
3: Thank you very much cheers Stephen
1: James Keddie manager of Wexford FC thanks a million for coming on the podcast this week um, let's start off on a high um, I know it's really difficult sometimes to be playing the non-league clubs. In fact, it can be harder maybe than taking on a club from the top two divisions. So how satisfied were you with that win against Avondale United in the FAI Cup?
0: Uh, it's always uh, tricky playing the non-league teams, especially we don't have enough information on them. They're, they're a new team, a new manager, and you know it was always, it's always difficult to, to get information on them. But lucky enough, um, I have a few contacts in, in Cork and they looked after me as well, um, because the team wasn't far off what they, what I expected. But, um, listen, Avondale have a great tradition, especially in the Intermediate Cup. They're a really, really good club. So, really, really satisfied with, with, um, with getting to the next round.
1: Yeah, and to actually score three goals and to keep that clean sheet as well, that's another massive boost of confidence for the squad.
0: Definitely, uh, especially with a young back five now. Um, he brought in a young keeper uh, from England there um, last week on Mason uh, Mansfield. Um, he got injured during the week and, and Charlie went back in. So, again, the, I think the the back five was again under 19 again. So, it's like it's, it, it, it's a big plus for us because a clean sheet is, a, is your starting point all the time. Um, and the lads did really, really well again.
1: Yeah, and just on on the the move or the, the the keeper coming in, like I gather, he's on loan. Like what? It, it can be a bit hard, I suppose, as a League of Ireland manager when you're trying to get some of these good quality loans in, with the view that they they might be only there for six to twelve months. So, look, what's the thinking process that goes into it when you are looking at players like that?
0: Well, you know, it can work both ways for for Mansfield and, and ourselves. and know, and um, I think he he owns a under nineteen international. Um, he's really, really good, good player, and again, I'm looking for competition in, in all positions, whether it's outfield or in goal, so I think it's important that, that you have competition, so home um, is available, um, we were made aware of it, so I think it's a, it's a plus for both, um, both parties.
1: Yeah, one of the lads who scored at the weekend, Ethan Boyle, Um, he was an interesting signing, I think, a a man with so much experience and uh, he's played at the the top levels in in League of Ireland football. Uh, He must have been a huge signing for you and is he giving you what you wanted from him this season?
0: He definitely is. Um, Ethan's a real leader. He's a Wexford lad as well. Um, And again, when we spoke to um, Ethan early on the season, um, he, he was a little bit doubtful whether he wanted to come and play in the fourth division, but in fairness to the club, they've they've backed me, um, Tony Doyle and John Godkin. And we're looking to get locally based players back to the club that that have been with um different clubs, whether they're Premier or Fourth Division. Once they're good players and they you be good at and they work hard, you know, we'd like to get them back. But you know, it, at the same time they have to be up to the level as well. Um and they have to be hard-working. But Eaton's a good player. He's a good leader. And, you know, he's still still only 26 as well. So he's by far, you know, he's not the finished product at all. And there's loads for him to learn as well. And he's still very, very, very young. And, you know, he's only coming into his prime now. Yeah,
1: there's another player like that, actually. I thought Conor Levingston, another local lad. who had a good career at Bohemians and then went and signed for, for Wexford. I always thought he was a really... Good man on the ball, good pass of the ball. He's got good vision, but maybe just a little bit raw when it comes to, I suppose, the the mental side of the game. Maybe he could do it a bit more confidence. But because he's a magnificent footballer, and I think he's somebody who could have a good future with you guys.
0: Yeah, he's technically an excellent player, Connor. Unfortunately for him this season, he's he's had a lot of niggly injuries. Um, he's out at the moment with Achilles. Um, but listen, Connor started off um, with a preseason, he was doing okay. He got a hamstring injury, I think, the third weekend against Finn Harps, and um, and it's kind of gone from there. Little Nigglies, he's picked up Little Nigglies as he came back, and you know he's nearly back to to full fitness, maybe two or three weeks, so he could play a big part towards the end of the season.
1: Look, I speak to you as well on the day that the draw is going to be made for the second round, so when the podcast goes out, we'll know, but uh, is it... A kind of a situation now where you're thinking might be better to get a non league side now to give you a chance then progressing to the quarter finals, which would be a really good achievement.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you ask any manager, they'd be, they'd be only lying to you. Um, if if they didn't want a non league team at home as well, so but again, the non league teams, you know, as, as the next couple of weeks go on, they're going to be a little, little bit fitter than they were, um, last week as well. So they'll provide a staring test from, from most clubs as well because. There you go, Patsy wide, good result there against Luke um, Rock Mount, I think they were missing six pairs the other day as well. So you can't take anyone for granted. So, you know, we give all the teams the respect that they deserve. But um, at the same time, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. you know, I'd be absolutely chuffed to I got an All-League team.
1: Yeah, you even see Kilbaric United all put uh, Finn Harp's very close uh, on Friday night as well um, and just as well, when you look at the the the, the hat now, the teams that are in it the teams that aren't in it Sligo Rovers went out to draw to Shelburne out to Bowes Shamrock Rovers out to Dundalk like, there's a lot of top flight sides out there's a good chance there for a first division team to go on a run
0: Definitely, I, you can probably see one of the first division teams in the semi-final, um, if I'm honest you know we, Again, if you got a non-league team, and then in the quarterfinals you got a, you got a force division team, all of a sudden you're in the semi-final with a couple of games, and you just don't know on the day as well if the cup. I was lucky enough to win two cups, and you know you need a little bit bit of luck along the way. The year um, we won the double with Shelbourne, we played Banger and Bluebelt and both teams should have beaten us um, along the way. And luckily. Um, I also remember Darren McKayley got absolutely crazy in the dressing room after one of the games. He was blue, <laughs> well, but, or sorry, he was banger. But they should have beaten us easily, like you know. But yeah. we were lucky; we got through, and then we got to a final where Bowes Bowes should have beaten us in the first game in Tolka. And we also remember the, the I think it was the Kelly, the centre forward. I think he's a pilot now. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, he he had a couple of great chances, and Steve Williams did really well. But you need a little bit of luck, and then the 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 replay, Pat Fenlon for the winner. So, it's um. Yeah, listen, we had a little bit of luck that year. You need it along the way.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, James? Because you look at cup competitions elsewhere. Like I suppose the FA Cup in England was always the the big one uh, in Europe, and um, how I suppose the gloss has gone off that competition a bit, and and around Europe as well, they don't seem to treat the cup competitions with the same kind of. Uh, uh, brevity I suppose, as as the league uh, competitions, but he, here in Ireland, you almost say the FAI Cup final has become a bigger and a bigger occasion over the last few years.
0: Uh-huh. I was at the cup final there with with Derry and Shelburne um, in the FAI last the last day, and the atmosphere, the, the crowd from from Derry was unbelievable. I think they brought twenty five thousand, and for the player or manager, like it's it's great to be involved in a day like that. I don't think people realize it's it brings a lot of neutrals out as well. Mm. It's a, it's a fantastic day, the Cup final. And I think all the rounds, I think people love, you know, the romantic Cup, the underdog having having a go with the bigger teams as well. And, um, you know, it, it is about performing on the day. Though.
1: Yeah, like you've been around the league, what, 17 years a player and um, another decade or so then as a coach. Um, what have you made, James, of this recent surge of interest in the League of Ireland, especially post-pandemic?
0: I think it's a lot has to do with COVID. Um, I think people kind of there was a lot of self-reflection during COVID. People at home and kind of looked at where they are lifestyle-wise and what they actually um, wanted in life. And a lot of people changing jobs as well. Um, and people got used to working from home as well. So I think the was. I think pe- people have changed as well. They're a lot more relaxed. But um, I think people appreciate now going out and enjoying themselves and appreciating time as well because you can't get time back yet.
1: Yeah, well, you could say that again. And just regards, I never like, get too caught up on uh, comparing standards of the league, say going back 15, 20 years to now. But like when you see how players are progressing in the different academies of the different league of ireland clubs like would you think back to playing in the 90s into the 2000s what, what how would you rate the standard of player these days compared to back then
0: that's it's, it's a difficult question that um i think the young lads now from 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 10 years of age up to 18 there's a lot more professionalism because they're starting off and um, their nutrition and um, the, the strength and condition uh, there's a lot. There's a lot more involved, and um, the mental side of the game now is big because um, you know psychology is big with the young lads now. So, and the way they learn is totally different as well. So, the video, the analysis is totally different to what we had. Listen, mm-hmm. we didn't know it when we were kids. We were playing probably eight, nine hours a day, but that was their life. We didn't have any other distractions. So. It's totally different now. Um, it's fantastic. Most of the kids are are educated at third level now, so it's it's totally a different world that we live in. But um, it's always hard to it's always hard to um to kind of assess what are the level that the standards. Um, but listen, most of the kids now that they're, they're, they're good kids, they want to learn, they want to progress. Um, and if they have good attitudes, most of the clubs will give them a good chance.
1: But you kind of touched on something interesting there, James, and saying about the, the time of the ball that, you know, going back to when you were growing up, and I think myself as well, like you spent most of the day out in the street kicking a football around and you weren't kind of being coached, uh, you know, at an academy or anything like that. And is that something that you think that maybe we've lost a little bit of, just that kind of players that can play off the cuff, that kind of, you know, the dreaded yeah. club, the street football, like Wes Hula and someone like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I go back to my day with Tony Sheridan. I, I oh, was yeah. looking up to play with Tony, uh, Liam Coyle, a uh, fantastic player, Stephen Gagan. and some of the stuff that that they did, like you can't teach. Like, so where did they learn it? So if you if you went back and did the study, like, I mean, you played. I was small as a kid, so I was playing with bigger kids, so I learned how to use my arms a lot better than other people because I'd get smashed, like you know. So, but without without my, my, me even knowing it, um. I was just learning because I learned on the street, so it was mm-hmm. just totally different. So, if, like the kids learn totally different now. I think visually they learn by showing them, um, you know, clips all the time, and it's great that they some kids do their own clips now, and you can sit down with them and say, "Listen, how do you think? How do you think you can improve?" And they might send out a totally different picture than what you're looking at. So you're learning all the time about how they think how you think, and then find a happy medium where, you know, both of you are happy and and, and going forward with a plan.
1: Yeah. Um, The other thing as well, I suppose Damien Duff has spoken about it quite a lot about our young Irish players who are trying to, you know, become professional footballers that they're not getting enough time on the ball and that comes down to investment in academies that we need to invest in the the Irish academies so that players will be able to spend more time with full-time professional coaches. Is that the remedy to it, do you think?
0: Well, it definitely would help because um, I think it's, I think it's important that the government and say, the FAO sit down and say, like, what do we want to do? Like, the, the, like, you know, if the rugby can get it right, why can't soccer? Like, you know, so it goes back, everything unfortunately in life goes back to money and investment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if like I work for myself, I'd love to be full-time in football. I'd absolutely love it because I love football. So, but at the same time, I have to provide for my family, so, um, you know, it's it's not right for me at the moment. But if someone said to me, "Would you be full time in football if, um, and work for, you know, say say the F A I, and you're getting the same wages like, of course you do," or if you're getting close to it because I absolutely love football, but there's no there's no one with, there's no one at the moment with a plan in place, or there's not enough investment. And imagine that by, say, say, fifty or sixty full-time coaches around the country. Of course, the players will be better because they're they're working with people who are absolutely love the game and um, want to teach them and want to want to help them along their journey. So, but it goes back to money. Everything's mm-hmm. about money. Like,
1: so were you happy to see? Were you happy to see that uh, FAI strategic plan that was released over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, listen.
0: It, yeah, it's it's difficult for the FAI because. As I say, um, you know, it's hard. You know, they've gone through a rough few years uh, over the last last couple of years. What with John Delaney and that, and um, you know, they're they're probably restructuring their their whole, um, the whole FAO. Like it's it's difficult for them. So, but it's it's all about getting good people in place, and they seem to be getting their um their house in order. So.
1: Yeah, and just on on your own kind of personal situation—is that why it took us so long to see you taking a a, a, a a manager's job? Because you you obviously had some gigs as an assistant manager, or as a coach, or whatever—is that why you kind of waited so long to become an actual a manager at a club? No,
0: listen, I didn't, no one asked me, so I didn't apply for jobs either. I, I applied for one job, I think, about like ten years ago. But um, listen, I, I think I've kind of my kind of way i think is like you know if fire doesn't go you well know, what's the, the sign um what's fire it doesn't go past you but um you know i'm grateful for the opportunity i have in, in westward so um tony and john godkin the football operations manager gave me the chance um i think i've served served a really good apprenticeship Um, i work hard and very level-headed and um, i've been around the league um, I've been around young players um, with my role in director of football in home farm. I've I've done all the levels, so um, but by no means am I the finish article because I'm always learning and um, I have that open mindset and um, I want to get better all the time. So I'm lucky that I have good staff in Dennis Island. Um, he's a full time coach at the FEI, actually Dennis and Brian Kelly and Ian Fowler and none of them are yes men. So. Um, they tell me when they think I'm wrong um and I'm very open to the, to things like that um and we always look at look back at matches training sessions and we kind of self reflect and and say we always look at ways how we can improve so that's that's the way we work um but I think we're always we're continually looking at ways how we can improve the club um so that's how we work all the time so um yeah. I think I think it's a good way to be.
1: Yeah, and look, it's it's not going too bad You it's just uh, getting ready for the piece. Like you're two minutes or sorry, two points uh, behind the playoff places. Fairly close at this stage of the season. It's a nice position to be in. Put a bit of pressure on Bray Wanderers. You think you can reel them in and perhaps get into that top five?
0: Well, we hope to think you know, we, we, we think we can get there at all, Okay. And we're slowly improving, but um, the only focus I have now is on three, you know, on Friday night. They've, they've done well over the last few years. Tommy works with a really small budget. Um, I know they work hard themselves We la- we respect them. Um, and we've drawn two games in this season. So, you know, they've got into the playoffs the last couple of years. So, you know, they always provide a stern test for you. Um, they've got good players in, in certain areas. But again, you know, we've got good cool players in certain areas. I think we've got a little bit stronger over the last few weeks. So if we can, you know, keep that, that you know, keep clean sheets, you know, we we'll definitely have a chance because we've got players now that can score goals. But yeah. still, we're, we, you know, there's still a bit more improvement in us because, you know, the last word, we're still missing a little, little bit, a little bit more quality. But that's you know it goes back to having young players as well. You know it's a it's a great club now at the moment for any young players because, and um, we're providing an opportunity for them to develop. Where if they're at bigger clubs, they're not getting the chances. You know, so that's where the force is really really good. And um, the likes of Luke, um, Luke Brown, Keeno O'Malley, they've got a chance and they've they've taken it. So, um, you know, it's it's a good opportunity for players at the moment.
1: Yeah, and and. Just you mentioned the two draws, two 1-1 one, one draws this season so far against Treaty United. What, what was it that made it so those games so tight, do you think?
0: Probably cancel each other out. I think they were on top um, the last game in Treaty. Um, that, that they started off the second half much better than we did. But um, listen, they've good players in certain areas as well, in around midfield. Good players and, um, and the current up top. You also have a chance when they, you know, have a striker like that as well. So, but listen, we know where they're weak as well. Um, I'm sure Tom used to have done his, his business on us as well. But It's going to be a decent game as well. So, um, you know, uh, whoever plays well in the night will win the game. And whoever doesn't give goals away, you know.
1: Yeah. Just a funny quick word on your your old gaffer, I think he brought you into Shamrock Rovers. Um, Liam Buckley, still out of the Cork City, an incredible man, man yeah. and a real le- legend of the league, isn't
0: he? Yeah, I have to say, I love playing with Liam. Um, for Liam, he was brilliant and, you know, uh, say, well, I supported Shamrock Rovers as a kid. So it was fantastic that he brought me to the club and um, loved playing for him. Um Never, never, never raised his voice at all. And I've learned a lot from him. Um, he's a lovely bloke and lovely person to, to speak about football too. Um, he's great experience as well over in Europe and Spain and Belgium. But he's, in, you know, he's he's a lovely man, and it's no surprise that he's still involved in football because he absolutely loves it. Like, and even when you speak to him, he has that enthusiasm. It's um, it's infectious. So you know, I have to say, I love playing for. Him. Absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, these days we can put too much emphasis on on managers being young and that kind of thing. But uh, it's good to see a man yeah. of his age still doing it at the top level.
0: Yeah, no, we listen, Liam. As I say, um, he brought us to to Shamrock Rovers, and he had a really, really good good team at the time. Unfortunately, money circumstances again, and the club. Uh, I think they were going through a lot of trouble at the time, and I mean, I remember when I left Shamrock Rovers, I hadn't got paid for fourteen weeks and um, in fairness to him he's, he's such he's, he's really good at trying to persuade people to stay so I was staying around and my wife was at me saying you haven't got paid in three months like And I could have signed for someone a lot earlier but um, I had a lot of time for him and you know it, 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 as I say I met him up in Monaghan there a couple of weeks ago he was on his way up to Derry and we were going to Finn Harps and had a little chat with him but you know he's he's a lovely man it's, it's no surprise he you know he, he as I say he never, never raised his voice once, and it's a different way. It just showed me that there's a different way of um, of managing, you know. Mm. Like, I go back to, say, Dermot. Dermot was a teacher, and Dermot Keeley. Um, he had heard Dermot before he'd seen, seen <laughs> him, so. But uh, he a different way, and uh, so there's loads of different ways of, of managing, you know. So I'm trying to see, find that happy medium between the two, like, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's nice well, he's lucky to flex for some good managers you know but um, I've learned, learned a bit from them all and um, I think it's important though to be a, a decent person and uh, to, decent, to have, have a bit of decency about you and be honest you know so but, uh, it's, it's it's hard to find your own way as well you know
1: well, it's a good way to sign off there James it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast this week I could have chatted to you for another 20 minutes or so but listen thanks a million for your time and best of luck yeah. this weekend
0: really appreciate it, Steve thanks, thanks a lot yeah LOI match day
1: on Off the
0: Ball.